Boy, am I so happy to see you today. It's a great day. It's a great week. It's going to be a great year. And uh, I got this kind of interesting jacket here. I got my guy over here, Maloof, and it's a... Uh, does this look okay on the, on the screen here? Let's, yeah, is good. it fair and balanced? Yeah. Mercedes Sparks is with me in the audio, uh, in the studio, not the audience. In the audience, I am the audience. He is Lance. the audience, and uh, we got to get a bigger studio, the, Lance. We, and we're hey, a studio. Let's agree this year that I'm going to have a studio where you can come. Wouldn't you love to hang out with me? We could come over to the piano here, and I, I could play some songs. We could worship. We could do, and uh, have. A, a kind of a revival in the studio. This year, I want to believe for that, which goes to my point. The Lord is saying something about this year, Christmas, New Year's, this season. He wants us to increase our capacity to handle more. You know, everybody wants more, but in the Bible, there's uh, to have more you're going to have to do some things different than you've ever done before. You can't keep doing what you're doing and have a different result. So this year, we've got certain seminars and trainings we're doing, certain things we're introducing. You know why? Because we have to go to the next level. For instance, I know that a lot of people in, in my age demographic, it's the weirdest thing. I'm getting text messages all the time. So-and-so just collapsed. Pray for so-and-so. What? And, you know, I'm thinking, so-and-so uh, just went to the hospital. Now, I know that it's an actuarial reality. You get older. But I'm telling you something. This is a year when we should be pursuing divine health, and you need to get new knowledge to do that. Otherwise, you're just going to do the same thing. You're going to have the same result. Mercedes, we have a combination coming up at the Trump Doral mm -hmm. that's so powerful because it's experts in the area of um, restoring youth and, re and restoring function. That's what I'm looking at, restoring the years, and also supernatural healing. Because we believe people's lives are going to be healed and delivered that come to this event. So you're going to be laying on of hands, and you're going to sit at the feet of the masters of of rejuvenation and renewal of your strength. Mm -hmm. uh, tell people about this. Oh, yeah, totally. So, I mean, just to touch on what you were saying, you know, some of the missing pieces we're seeing in the body of Christ is my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And so we are bringing in, we've had a couple people on the podcast already that you might have seen. If you haven't, go back and find these podcasts because we've got Dr. Jordan Rubin. We have Dr. Chauncey Crandall. I've got uh, Dr. Goodman coming in. We have Pastor Shirley who's talking to us about stem cells. I've got Christy Code Red Nickel. She's coming to talk about health and fitness. Of course, Lance and Annabelle will be there. And then Lance touched on this. I really felt compelled when I was putting all this together with you, Lance, that the Lord spoke to me real clearly and said, you need to also bring in signs and wonders. And so we have Tommy and Miriam Evans, Larry Sparks, my wonderful husband will be there. Um, and they'll be doing these two miracle nights and ministry nights. And so I want you guys to come. I mean, one of the things Lance and I were talking about about before this broadcast is really just like the gift of faith. And he was like, you know, I'm always, I always think it's wild. Like, you know, you just step out in faith and, you know, these, these events aren't cheap. I mean, they're, they're quite expensive for us to put on. 
and you know, you got to sign a contract and all this stuff. But I really go into some of these events with high expectations of what the Lord's going to deliver on. And I really believe in my spirit. The Lord told me like, there are lives that will be saved because people are going to come to this. And there are two things are going to happen. They're either going to get that missing piece of knowledge that they're lacking to finish well and finish strong, or they're going to have that supernatural encounter. And in some cases, there are people who are watching now or have both. So please come and join us. It's going to be at the Trump Doral in Miami, Florida, January 19th and 20th. Go to the link on the screen, lancewanell.com forward slash summit, and make sure you're there. And you know what? If you can't get down there, we do have live stream. A lot of people ask that, but please, please, please come. And there's power and proximity. Lance always teaches that. Yeah, you know, laying on of hands, we're going to be doing because it's a small enough group. It's intimate. And, you know, you got to meet some of the highest quality type of people that I've got in my network because they're coming down to because they know who these doctors are and they want to they want to maximize their capacity. One guy I think might be flying in his own jet. So we got some interesting characters coming in. Now, uh, going back to this theme of the open door in 24, and there are many adversaries, there's an open door for your health. But to have that at the new level, you're going to have to do stuff you've never done before. And Carl, I, Carl's here working in my studio today, my son. I think he and I are going to be uh, doing some coaching when we're down there. He and I are going to work together on building your plan for 2024, your personal dashboard for physical mastery. That means the body you want, the look you want, the energy you want. And we're going to talk about building that plan. I schedule these events for me. I mean, I, it's really self-indulgent. But in this stage of my life, I can bring these experts together and sit at their feet because I need this. Because like I said, I'm getting all these texts from people about pray for so-and-so. I'm thinking, all right, time for me to level up. Well, now to the next level. I got Carl over here at the whiteboard. I asked him to jump in. He's in the studio today working. And I said, you know, you know this, this material. You can teach it. But what was it that Jim Rohn used to say about the reason why everyone, I love this logic. The reason why everyone should become a millionaire is because, do you remember what he said? Not to have a million dollars, but to be the type of person who can make a million dollars. Exactly. The discipline, the focus, the goal orientation, the, uh, the, 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 the sales capacity. It's the person you become that makes it worth the journey to be a millionaire. I thought that was so cool for a business vision. So share the uh, hierarchy of, of development. Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, everybody, I'm Carl. Uh, we're going to be talking about the pyramid of having today. So at the very top, we have the word have. This is the things that you actually have in your possession, the things that you bring to the table, the things that, of course, have accumulated in your life. In order to have those things, you have to do the thing that earns those things. So you can't just have a trophy. You have to earn it. And in order to earn it, you have to be the type of person who does that activity. So another way to look at this is... If you have something in mind that you want, you want more of, what do you have to do in order to get that, in order to attain that thing? And then in order to do that activity, who do you have to be? So who do you have to be in this next season of your life that you've never been in order to do the thing that you've never done so you have what you've never had before? And another way to look at this as well is with the level 10 graph. So we have up here level 10, we'll say 10 up here, 10 up here. Now let's say that for you, you think that there's something greater out there for yourself. You think it's a level 10, right? A level 10 on either aspect, either the X or the Y axis. What that actually looks like for the vast majority of people is a bit more of a dotted line because we are constantly improving in every way 
that we possibly can, hopefully, right? That's the goal. So a level 10 for me is gonna look different for a level 10 for my dad or for a Mercedes because of where I'm at, because of who I am and what I'm limited in doing that limits what I have. So in order for me to grow past this area, I have to push past that dotted line to a new level 10. Hope that answers some of your questions. Oh, love it, very good. So let's talk about the, the year we're in and the things that you wanna have in terms of like the weight, the look, the energy, the strength. And I'll tell you what, just even eradicating the fear of infirmity, the fear, there's a lot of people that live, a lot of women that live with the fear of, you know, diseases or cancer and stuff like that. But you don't have to have that, you know, that kind of a nagging uh, experience. And part of that again is what I just showed you when we, when we opened up here, you wanna go to lancewallet.com forward slash summit and take the time to be down there in beautiful Florida at the Trump Doral Hotel with the top doctors. One of them actually has a panel of like 50 different tests that he puts his, his clients through. I mean, he's got people like, you know, I think like, I've heard like, well, I won't mention the names. Let's say they're governors, they're celebrities, they're people you know that, are, that he's personally a coach to and he's a physician for. Let's take a look at this uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 48. Powerful verse, Jesus says, for everyone to whom much is given from him, much will be required. And to whom much has been committed of him, they will ask the more. One of the, uh, one of his keys that I'm gonna focus on today is gonna be on this expanding your capacity to have more. I was in Jerusalem and had a most sobering experience where I was in one of the sites where Jesus taught on the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer is in this garden in like 20 different languages, Aramaic and Greek and Latin and Hebrew and, you know, uh, Spanish, uh, Latin, Spanish. And I'm, I'm reading, I'm looking at the same verse over and over again. And while we were there, the tour guide just surprised me. And he said, Lance, uh, do you have anything to add on the Lord's Prayer? And I wasn't expecting it. And that fast, the Lord dropped something in me that I had never thought before. And that is, lead us not, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Lead us not into temptation. Now, why would you pray to God when the Bible says God doesn't tempt anyone? Why would you be praying to God not to tempt you? Think about this. And this fast, it came to me that there are many things we pray for, many things we desire, many things we labor for. And if we're not able to handle what we get when we get it, it leads us into temptation. So it's not just the temptation of what you do in desperation to get something, it's whether or not what you get changes you. So I've seen people, for instance, that got I remember one girl, this is crazy, crazy story. And uh, Mercedes, tell me if you've ever seen this or you can imagine this. Okay. One gal in our college campus, she was seeking the Lord. She was on fire for Jesus. She was really one of our, we had a group of uh, believers. And she went out and got, this is the craziest thing. She went out and got her hair styled. And her hair got all bouffant and all this stuff. And the strangest thing was, she came back to campus 
and everybody was complimenting her and her hair, 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 just talking about her hair. And I watched a metamorphosis take place. She suddenly became so preoccupied with her physical appearance hmm. and what people thought of her and how she looked that it led into complications with her guy she was dating. It led into complications with her circle of friends. And she actually started having conflict with uh, the Christians that were part of her group saying, you know, what are you doing? I mean, well, I, what, can I say her first name? I mean, I it's guess. like 40 years ago. I mean, Marge. Is her name was Marge. Marge. Oh. And so uh, it was like, Marge, what's happened to her? It was her hairdo got her off track because she got all this attention she never got. Hmm. Do you believe that's true? Is that possible? It kind of sounds like the plot of Mean Girls a little bit, but I don't know. It's not Mean Girls. She changed. In other words, she wanted to have more beauty and more attention. I remember my, my, I had a pastor once who was a real handsome guy. He would look like Clint Eastwood, as a matter of fact. And everybody looked at him and said, oh, your pastor looks like Clint Eastwood. He told me he had a nephew he went through the mall with in Southern California. He said, he said, I got a revelation today. He said, my nephew is beautiful, like a, like, a, like a Hollywood model. And as he's going through the mall, girls are coming up to him, handing him their phone numbers. He said, I've never had any exposure to temptation like my nephew has, because mm -hmm. a gift or a, um, an advantage can lead you into temptation. Hmm. And you might be envious of somebody. You don't know what they have to fight because of what they got. So I'm saying that for this reason. I want to talk to you about the supernatural keys of increase and how the supernatural increase happens in a way that the Bible has this verse in it says that the, the, you know, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow to it. It's an interesting verse. It means that hmm. when, when you get qualified to handle what you want, you actually, uh, when God's giving you the blessing, he doesn't add any sorrow to it. Now, if you grab it, but you shouldn't have taken it, you get sorrow with it. And, and that, that could really happen. And, and it happens when you say yes to something that God says, not yet, not now, don't do it, but your flesh wants it. Hmm. And it's opportune time and you grab it, hmm. man. So I want you to I want you to take a look at uh, some teaching here on on this particular subject. Uh, where I'm going to go now is there's a couple of different verses that make sense to me. Uh, let's go to Second Corinthians chapter nine verse seven. Second Corinthians nine verse seven, and this has to do with the Apostle Paul. The whole letter of Corinthians, by the way, is a fundraising letter. Most people miss this. Paul's doing a lot of teaching and teaching and teaching. But he's actually, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, he's talking about setting up an offering so that when he gets there, he has the offering to take to Jerusalem to the saints that are there that are in distress or that are in need. Now, that's, that's, a, that's kind of an interesting verse in itself because sometimes you think, well, I'll never have any need because of my faith. Well, where in the Bible does it say you won't have a need? In fact, you never want to get to the place where you're self-sufficient because if you don't have the need, you're not going to be crying out to the Lord. You only cry out to the Lord when you're desperately dependent on him and don't have in yourself what you need. So the church in Jerusalem was actually going through a famine 
And God was using the famine. He was overruling the famine by not directly providing to the church in Jerusalem, but causing the Gentile churches to sow into Jerusalem. And what did that do? It created a bond between the Gentiles and the Jews that never existed before. And it was a testimony to all the Jews in Jerusalem. How come the church is blessed? How come the church is fed? How come they got meals going on? They got a soup kitchen. They got people showing up. Where, how are they doing? Well, Ephesus and Philippi and Galatia, they evidently were sending money. What? Gentiles? It was a testimony. God will take care of your need is my point. But it doesn't mean you're not going to be in the situation where you're needing God to intervene. So with that thought in mind, I want you to go to this verse here, uh, chapter uh, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. So Paul says, he's teaching here in verse, um, yeah, okay, so he's talking about, and then he starts off with like verse, uh, verse 1, he's saying, concerning the ministry to the saints, meaning concerning the offering that I'm coming to collect. He says, I want you ready when I get there. I don't want you running around trying to take an offering when I get there. I want you to have it ready because I'm going to bring some people with me and I want them to see what God's doing. So, and then he gives this, this word. This I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And, and there's, there's, there's a revelation key here, and that is that the way that you're giving has the most power is when the motivation behind it is honoring to the Lord. So it's not a transaction, not a gumball machine thing, giving and receiving. It has to do with what you do is based on the purpose you have in your heart. And the ideal word here is cheerful giver. It's the word literally in Greek, hilaros, which is where you get the word hilarious. It describes a spirit of enjoyment in giving that sweeps away all restraints. Now, I'm thinking of somebody right now, I won't mention their name, a Mercedes. You're like the rabbi from Seinfeld. We've mentioned Marge. Well, I, I want to mention else, this Lance? guy too. Okay. I'm not going to say his name though. But you know this person I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. He gets such joy in his giving. Mm -hmm. And boy, and God gives him great wealth to give. I mean, he's, he's like Father Christmas in a sense. He just see his face light up. He loves to bless and he's the first one that gave me an unexpected financial gift because I had done a favor for him and flew in to go do a broadcast uh, that he requested in a studio. And I didn't know his relationship with the studio. I didn't realize he was underwriting the studio. Am I giving away too much information? No, you're good, you're good. Okay, I'm good. But his generosity impacted me and I began to think in terms of, my gosh, there are people out here in the kingdom that actually are givers, and I had nothing to do with me manipulating the moment. It had me doing, my purpose in my heart was to go bless him. Mm -hmm. And then God so back to me. And this is one of these principles. You go back to verse eight now, the next verse. 
God is able to make all grace abound towards you, so that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. That's a powerful verse. Look at the words all, always, all, all things, every. That's, that's all of that packed into that verse. God is able to make all grace. Why is it grace that abounds? Because grace is the ability that God gives you to will and to do his good pleasure. God's mm -hmm. able to make that grace abound so that you always have sufficiency. Now watch this. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. And Paul goes on to teach, now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you've sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Do you know that God gives you money for the purpose of multiplying your money? In other words, he gives you seed, but the only way you're going to see an increase is if you sow it. He gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. That's what it says in King James. What happens when you don't have a revelation on divine supply? God supernaturally getting it back to you. You eat the seed you were supposed to sow. I could stop right there and take the rest of the day and just unpack it. God gives you seed to sow and bread to eat. Now, when you sow the seed, when it's done doing what it does, it produces the wheat, and then the wheat, you grind it up, and you put it in the oven, and it becomes bread. In other words, that money that God gives you has an outcome that you want, but the way that you get it isn't for you to consume it. It's for you to sow it, and when you do that, God causes grace to abound towards you. I remember Henry Kissinger was once talking to the, uh, the uh, Gromyko, who was the ambassador for Gorbachev and Brezhnev before your time. And uh, these, these Russian, uh, you know, dictator types had these real savvy ambassadors. And Kissinger dropped a quarter. And Kissinger was so great. He said, have you ever noticed whenever you drop change, it always rolls away from you? <laughs> and he says, Garico, look back at him and says, that's strange. When I drop change, it always rolls towards me. <laughs> Kissinger remembered this because it's like, it's like he's, he's dealing with a diplomat. It moves towards him. Well, look, that's what, this is what this verse says, that God's grace abounds towards you. You see, in life, there's a thing called luck or timing. But if you're a Christian, you know that there really isn't luck or timing. It's called favor. Favor means that that grace goes towards you. The coin rolls at you, not away from you. And when you need to get into that elevator for that divine appointment, instead of you being late and the door closing, the door stays open because the grace is like, a, like, a, like a, the word in the Greek means something leaping towards you. Mm. So he who supplies seed to the sower and bread to the eater will multiply the seed you sown, but will not multiply the seed you eat. I don't believe a person 
starts giving when they have surplus. I think real giving starts when you don't have the surplus. I'll tell you why I say that. Because I was with a meeting with a bunch of really rich business people, and I pointed out to them that if they can't handle trusting God with 10 cents on a dollar, don't expect you to suddenly be able to trust God with 10 million and a $100 million deal. In other words, you build a discipline and a muscle towards giving. And as you do that, you begin to experience the, uh, the resource coming back. Mercedes? Oh, I just wanted to give an illustration of this because I love the Christian radio station that I listen to every single day. And so they're doing their whole give-a-thon right now. And I sowed a seed and I was like, well, there you go, Lord. Like I sowed the seed. And then when you're done, you can leave a little testimony. I'm like, well, I hope this blesses everybody. And you know, it's just flesh. But I ended up thinking like, I was real proud of myself. I was like, thanks, Lord. And then um, I'm listening because I'm like, well, maybe my testimony is going to be on afterwards. But it wasn't my testimony. I hear this other lady's testimony, Lance. And she's like, hi, you know, I wanted to call in. I wanted to give your radio station has blessed me so much. I'm in a battered women's shelter right now. And all I could sow was $4, but I just want to let you know, it's just, it's all I've got right now, but I'm sowing into this ministry. And I was just really hit with like, I know I sowed my seed and it was kind of an extravagant thing for me, but that lady gave way more than me. It was like the widow's might, you know? And so when you're talking about giving, it's like, there's a heart behind the giving. You know, there's, it's, it's fascinating. Like God's economy in gifts. And, th and that's the reason why that each one gives as he purpose in his heart. Notice Paul didn't say, you know, give as, you know, you have uh, the financial capacity. Because even if you're poor, you can give. Because that's what he said. Out of their poverty, they gave. They, I remember Kim used to take off, Kim Clement, Traveling with him, I learned so much about supernatural giving. I probably learned more from the offerings he took than from the teaching he did. Because I was, it was a, you know, I live with a buffet of teaching and teachers. But what he practiced in giving was hilarious. And he was like a gregarious giver. And he was a gregarious liver. I mean, he lived life large. And uh, I can remember him saying, if all you've got is a button and you have no money, put the button in the offering. Begin to get into the place where you're sowing so that the supernatural can come back to you. Hmm. Boom. And I thought, if all you have is a button. I mean, Elijah, and Kim had an Elijah mantle. Elijah, imagine the chutzpah to go to a poor woman who's dying with her son and she's got our last little meal, bread, and they're going to have their last meal. You talk about taking it. I'd, lo I'd love to see the, um, you know, uh, Rolling Stone get this testimony. Preacher goes to poor lady who has nothing but our last meal and says, give it to me. Well, Elijah was dependent on God getting supernatural supply. But in this case, the supernatural supply wasn't going to come from what he gave. It was going to come from what the woman gave. And the two of them are going to partner together. And as she gave out of her need, 
God multiplied food and he prophesied. He said, the grain is not going to stop. The oil won't stop. We're going to make it through the famine. But look what God had to do. He had to put the man of God with the person who had a little. And I guess today's teaching is for a reason. Because there's some folks out there that I believe are listening right now who say, well, I don't know. You know, I'm really stretched. Well, listen, let me, let me challenge you to prove God. Malachi does say something interesting when it talks about the giving. Test me in this. I want you to partner with me like Elijah coming to the widow woman. Partner with what you have. It could be like in Mercedes' case, that, that, that lady only had like $4 a month. Yeah, Doesn't matter. Your $4 is the equivalent of $4,000 for someone that has a lot of money. Because you're giving, in a sense, seed to the sower so there could be bread for the eater. LanceWallet.com forward slash partner. There are those of you that right now can partner with us. We're going to be going in our most ambitious, aggressive, evangelism, prophetic warfare work of my life during this election year. And uh, to do that, we believe God's going to raise up the partners that'll be behind us as we're going to go to multiple states to preach the uncompromising word of God and to bring breakthrough into key battleground places. I want you to partner with me at lancewallet.com forward slash partner. And I want you to believe God as I'm praying for you that he who supplies seed to the sower is also going to multiply the seed you've sown. That's the part the Bible says. He'll increase what gets through you so that more can come to you. And when that kind of increase happens, I think you can handle increase because who you be is able to have much more. Any final thoughts, Mercedes, before we go? No, I mean, I, I think it's excellent. I think it's interesting sometimes, you know, with you, you do amazing teaching and you're very entrepreneurial. But when it comes to asking people to partner with you, there is a little bit of a, uh, but it's like, I guess I just want to speak exhortation to you that it is an op, it's, it's a gift to be able to partner with Lance, all that Lance and Annabelle do. I mean, this podcast alone has been seen by almost 25 million people just this past year. You've gone to Israel right before the bombings. You're in Israel ministering. You've gone yeah. twice there this year. You went to Guatemala this year. You went to Canada and hung out with Ar Arthur Pulaski, um, defending the biblical worldview. And, and you have this, the blend of you and Annabelle is so unique to me because you are like called to kings, leaders, CEOs of preaching this, this seven mountain paradigm and also to the people in the church, you know, and Annabelle though, is like the hands and the feet of Jesus of just like helping the local community. We talk about the poor and ministering to the poor and everything she does, um, in the Fort Worth community and now expanding really state by state. There's a lot of people coming to her saying, we want to do what you're doing in our state. And so, you know, I want to just exhort you that I think it should be an exciting call to action for people to say, yes, absolutely. Like almost like, like, no, here, here's my, here's my, take, take this, you know, this, this, uh, this partner, I want to partner with you. Here we go. You know, but next year, please, you know, this is good soil. Like when you talk about sowing seed, it's good soil. All right. We're going to see you again tomorrow. Look forward to your smiling face being here in the studio in Jesus name. Amen.
Did you enjoy this latest episode? Please remember to share it with your friends, because the more knowledge you have, the better equipped you are to navigate the world.